every Friday. It's just part of the Friday routine. You wake up, you're like, oh, it's Friday. Ah, well, it's Friday, last day of the week. Yeah. One now, this day's already going to be good. I wonder if anything else can make it better. New episode of the Neighborhood Rewatch. And then they press play, they go, yes, there's no tip. (laughs) (laughs) This This good Friday just became great. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. Alan Fletcher here, aka Dr. Cal Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Jason Cruz here, also known as Nicholas Atkins. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. The best podcast in the entire world. JK, Adam and Tim, thanks for taking me down memory lane. You are the best UK Neighbours that anyone could ask for. So welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast, the award-winning podcast that's sometimes about neighbours. I am host of Sarge JK. Today we have Adam with us. All right. And we have Tim. Nah, he's not here again. Fuck Tim. Uh, and we have Marissa. We're supposed to be having Marissa. She, a, a kid might be in the toilet. We we need to, we'll see what happens. If she turns up, she turns up. However, we have we have got a possible replacement for not only Tim, but also Marissa. Timbot has gone down an absolute storm, apparently, on the socials with all the listeners. They've, they've said, I mean, Tim or Timbot, it seems, it's, it seems obvious nowadays. <laughs> it's 2023, we have the technology, we don't need the Tim. If Marissa shows up fucking brilliant, if she doesn't, have no fear, because we've got Marissa Bot on. We have got Marissa Bot with us today. Uh, do you want a, a slight introduction to Marissa Bot? I want to hear about Marissa Bot, but I also don't want you to do her voice. <laughs> okay, so Marissa Bot would say, hello there, I am Marissa Bot. She would never I'm say I'm a child that. star of a popular TV show. It's true that I was replaced by someone else, but that hasn't dampened my spirits one bit. In fact, it's only increased my make-care attitude towards life and everything in it. Being a child star was... In, oh, she's going behind the, the scenes here. I like it. Being a child star was a unique experience, but it also had its challenges. I was constantly under the spotlight, and every mood I made was scrutinised by the media and by my fans. It was a lot of pressure, but I enjoyed it while it lasted. However, when I was replaced by someone else, I realised that the industry is fickle and unpredictable. I could be on top one day and out of the picture the next. That's why I decided to adopt a devil may care attitude towards life. Now I take each day as it comes. Sometimes I show up on the Zoom call, sometimes I don't. And I try not to worry too much about the future. I live in the moment and do what makes me happy. I party hard, travel the world and meet interesting people. I don't let anything hold me back. Of course, some people might think that I'm irresponsible or reckless, but I don't care. Fucking hell, she's really going into it. (laughs) This is a fucking Marissa Bot bomb at the moment. I'm just living my life the way I want to, and that's all that matters to me. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll make a comeback and show everyone that I'm capable of. But until then, I've got to keep living life on my own terms, motherfuckers. Wow, there we go. There might even a slight bit of artistic license in the end there. Well, I imagine most of it was just <laughs> your own bullshit, to be honest with you. But there you go. That was Marissa Bot. Thank you, oh, Marissa Bot. Sounds about right. <laughs> First storyline I want to talk about. The Scullies. Go on. So, Lynn has to bone Joe Scully at certain times. Very, very specific times. Because, of course, they are trying for a baby. They're getting on a little bit later in life. So, that's causing some complications. So, they have to be very routine. So, there's a lot of comedy going on here where Joe's just trying to get his lunch. He's just trying to eat a sandwich. That's all he wants to do. He's been working hard all morning. He's, he's, he's like, up. And he's like, I wanted a sandwich and a donut. He's very excited by this donut. Um, Lynn come, comes and busts him, though. He says, can I just have the donut? She says, no, we need to go shag. Um, this is the thing. Her, she keeps saying her clock is ticking, but it's, it's literally, like you say, it's got to be done at certain times of the day. Um, Joe Scully wants no part of this. He's he's sick of it already. He, he's, he's, he wants to go. We'll get to it. But he wants to go skateboarding. He wants. He's, he's, he's basically just returned to being his fifteen-year-old self here, which is surprising because when I was fifteen, all I wanted to do was shag. So <laughs> Joe Scully has got like opposite fifteen-year-old syndrome here. Um, and again, you you still live in a fifteen-year-old's body slash lifestyle. What we, what are you thinking? Shagging or skateboarding? Bit of both. 
<laughs> Do the shagging first, then the skateboarding. Okay, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, um, you so can have. Yeah, it, it is very funny though because they, they come home and it's in the middle of the day, obviously. And they, and Lynn's like, "Come on, Joe's just saying, come on, and this isn't romantic at all." Lynn's saying, "Just put it in. Who cares?" Um, but then obviously Shell comes home and Connor and they catch him at it. Uh, so then Connor's taking the piss. Michelle is mortified. Um, it is quite funny. Yeah, she's uh, she's not keen on this baby thing as it is. And she's definitely not keen on making a baby. What happened with their uh, pretend babies, by the way? I'm assuming they just put them in a, a bin. Just right. to... Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what happened. Uh, they all failed that grade. Um, yeah, so Joe is trying. He's like you say, surprisingly not up for this. Uh, maybe you know, he's a bit of a wild man, Joe Scully. He, he he doesn't stick to a routine when it comes to to love making. Do you think it's that that's the problem? The routine, the fact that it's do it on this time. It's like you've got to perform a little bit. It's like this podcast. It's like you you it comes up on here recording in progress, and it's like you've got to start doing a podcast and things like that. I, sometimes it is a, the pressures on. Um, if you it, know, if you're about to have sex and recording in progress comes on as well, I'd be slightly worried as well. well that. You say that, but. <laughs> So yeah, he's trying everything to get away. Uh, like I said, he's trying. To, he, he goes skateboarding with Boyd. He's like, "Yeah, I can skateboard," and he can. To be fair, he to fucking him, fucking can. Out of nowhere, he flips the board and he's off down the street, swerving away. Boyd's like, "I thought this was just mild mannered Joe Scully, the builder next door." No, no, former skating legend Joe Scully, who also built the skate park. Apparently, don't remember this. No, despite him. Not being there on the show when it was built in the first place. He's never finished building anything. He was doing all that work at the school. Never so fucking saw what happened with that. He was building the the theatre stuff for Gino last time we watched it. Let's Apparently that's finished now. I don't know what happened there. Bullshit. Yeah. But he can skate. It was definitely him doing it as well down the street. One hundred percent was Joe Scully. Definitely wasn't just a guy in a wig in the and a bit of a fat suit. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's trying everything. Jack phones up at one point. Jack, of course, Jack Scully, international football football star. Jack Scully. What's Jack Scully doing when he rings up? He's got David Beckham round. David Beckham's round for a pint. Ridiculous, but so good that they just put that in for no reason. Because David Beckham is possibly the only footballer they would have heard of. Yeah. So yeah, David Beckham's coming around for a pint. I don't even know if he was playing in America at that point. I'm pretty sure he was still playing at United. No, I'm pretty sure. Um, Jack Scully plays in England, I think. I don't think he plays in America. Is he not? No. I think he's 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 pretty much Harry Kuehl at this stage. <laughs> you mean Jack Scully wasn't the class of 96? I don't know. I've no idea. I don't know how old he is at this stage. Lynn's panicking. She thinks she's never going to see him again because he's... Surely you will. If he's if he's an international footballer, he'll get like the time off when he's not playing football. And then because he's got all the money, he'll be able to fly over to Australia. No bother. Yeah. And he's not going to play in football until he dies. No, no. Again, there's a limited shelf life if you're a footballer. Time <laughs> off in between. Chance of an Australia tour for a big team as well. Quite high. Um, should, you'll definitely see your son again. You don't have to replace him with a new baby, you fucking sickos. <laughs> So Lynn is sick of all the being dodged by Joe. Uh, so he's at the pub and he's like, oh, yeah, this Lynn calls him up. And he's like, oh, yeah, this job's going to take fucking forever. I'm really sorry. It's, I'm not going to be able to come home and shag you. And she's at, of course, the she's, there. she's there at the front door on the phone going, oh, really? Because I'm fucking looking at you now, dickhead. And good. she chooses to just embarrass Joe at this point and to make him sleep with her. She basically... Yeah. I don't know why she ch- she she chose to do that, really, because that's not going to make Joe go for it, really. You've just made him feel like a dickhead. He's not going to come home and give you yeah. his best work, surely. Yeah. Uh, if anything, at that point, you just cuckolded him, really. Well, it, she even says, show me some of that old, that old scully magic. <laughs> I'd like to think it's a combination of shagging, but also magic tricks. <laughs> Where he just makes things appear, disappear, 
<laughs> all sorts going on. It's a full like, Joe Scully experience, I think. <laughs> With Top Hat as well. Got to have Top Hat. Got to have a Top Hat. So, yeah, that's where we're at with them. They're not me. Lynn wants to make a baby, but Joe. I can't remember if they have one either, so I am, I am looking yeah, forward I am to actually, watching where this goes. To see where this goes. Uh, what, should we talk about the schoolies next? From the schoolies to the schoolies? Schoolies to the schoolies. Go for it. Uh, so first off, Delta's hair isn't green. It's not green. She looks fucking brilliant again. Just back to regular old Delta Goodrum, pulling her sleeves down over her hands and playing a piano because she's shy. Yeah, it's not even a hint of green. They could have got like yeah, a little bit of like that spray that you can put in your hair and just done that. Just a little bit of a hint. Gone. No, not even a hint of green. Uh, and great, great news about the babies being all put in the bin because they've all been accepted in the first round of a student exchange. All of them have been accepted. All of them, yeah. Every kid in the school, it sounds like. So everyone's applied and then they've got it right. Everybody who's applied, you're through to the first round. Makes no sense. If the um, first round is just applying, then yeah, of course you're through to the first round. So it's New York that they're all um, they're all trying to get to. It's a full year in New York. So Michelle's very excited about this. She hasn't mentioned it to Connor or her family, though, at this stage. Why would you? You've... you've you know, you've just sent the application off. You don't know if you're going to get through or not. Obviously, you have because everyone gets fucking through. <laughs> uh, so Connor is a bit gutted about this. He thinks he's always kind of thought, oh, she's going to leave me and go off to uni or something. I don't think they were expecting a year in New York, though. Where do you think this leaves those two? Well, at, at first, Connor's a bit down about this. He's like, well, are you going to go? And Michelle's like, well, yeah, it's fucking year in New York. Of course I want to go. Um, so... Connor's a bit upset about this, but he does come around and go, do you know what? Fuck it, I'll just come with you. I just rocked up at the Scully's house. I'll just rock up to New York. Uh, you Joe- might as well at this stage. Yeah, might as well. You might as well. Joe Scully's not too convinced about that. He's like, well, what are you going to do for work? What are you gonna-? He's like, oh, I'll just fucking figure it out. I figured it out here, right? And Joe's like, well, that's not a decent plan. You need a better plan if you go into America. Um, I'm- <laughs> Is... Is a student exchange something that's been... Is that something that happens in real life? I don't really think it is. I, I think, think this is a, a story thing that happens a lot, um, an exchange programme. I don't know. Like you, you have school trips and things like that, but I've never known anyone get exchanged for a fucking year to another country in a school. Never. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a real thing. It's definitely something that just is made up in TV. I mean, me and you got Tim. We don't know where the fuck you came from, but <laughs> did we get you or did did we get Tim? What did I think you we got Tim. Yeah, maybe that's why he's not here anymore. Maybe he's gone back to to wherever he came from. He's just gone back home, like ET. <laughs> <laughs> My planet needs me now. Yeah, he's just fucking gone. <laughs> So while this is going on, Tani's being a, just a bitch to Delta Goodrum. Um, because, it, yeah. It's winding me up. It is winding me up. And not it's because not- she's being mean to Delta Goodrum, which obviously I do hate, but just the way she's doing it. Like, Delta Goodrum, I know she's shy, but she should just be telling Tani to go fuck herself at this stage. Yeah, she's got no proof of this. Nothing. She's got... She's just got one word saying, oh, yeah, I quite like Connor. He's quite nice. She could she could say, oh, Michelle, Delta Goodrum really likes your boyfriend. Delta Goodrum could go, no, I don't. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, that would be the end of it. They'd be, yeah. yeah, wash hands of it. That's what she's talking about, mate. Yeah. So Tani's just manipulating Delta, uh, saying, well, obviously you're very talented writing songs and stuff, so... I think it'd be a bit mean for you to apply because you'll obviously beat Shell because she's got no talent and Shell really wants to go New York with Connor now. So you better just fucking drop out, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to do that to Shell or Connor, who you love. And Delta's like, yeah, it's a good, it's a sound point. Now I'm just going to drop out. So Delta just couldn't just drops out of this. Just drops out. I'm sure part of the thing that Tani says as well is something like, "You like reading." Oh, so it's something about a liking box, which means no, you shouldn't be doing it. You're far too fucking smug. <laughs> and she does. You're right. Delta Goodrum's goes oh, okay. Yeah, 
we need we need Delta to, to grow a bit in the backbone here, don't we? I know. It's, it's, I thought it was coming, but now I don't really think it is. No. Unless she just fucking snaps one day. She might just go fucking postal and just shoot them all. I don't know. That might that'd be a sad end, but because <laughs> she's still working on Born to Try. She's yeah, working on little... Harold is a bit. Harold's like, fucking, how's that Born to Try? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just putting it together now. So he's he's spotted it now as well. So at some point she will be going to New York. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, fuck it up. That sounds like a number one single, that. And he's like, yeah, I know. Got, got a full, full album coming soon. So this is going to this is gonna run on a little bit, this, this storyline of going to New York, I think. Um, I think we're going to get another couple of weeks on it because you've got to get through the rounds. Un- unless it's like round two next week, round three, final, you go in. I don't know. It might go like that. Or they might drag it out like fucking X Factor. I don't know. Um yeah, we'll sit. We'll have to see. Do you think Shell's going to go? Do you think Tani's going to go? Do you think Del Goodrum's going to go? What do you think? Who's, who's going? I reckon Tani might go. Actually, I reckon she's an outside chance of going. Okay. Yeah, she's she's manipulating Della out of the way, and then she's going to stab Shell in the back one more time. Well, then she still has to be good to go. She still has to get picked. Yeah, but she can sing. We know that she can sing. Yeah, it's not a singing thing, though. But it seems like that's entirely what it's based on. Maybe. But then again, I don't think Tani has any number one singles. So, I don't check know. That out, I'm going to say Tani. Tani's going. I think... I think Shell might go. You think? Fuck. I think this might be it. Fuck. What, with Connor? Or is no. she going to fuck him off? She's going to fuck Connor off? I think there's yeah. going to be... She's going to get to go, there's a reason why he can't go, can't read visas or something like that. Like something with that, either his visa, he can't leave the country, he, something about him holding a back or something, and she is unfortunately going to go because she's got to, and he's unfortunately going to stay because he's got to let her go kind of thing. I think it's going to be a bit of a heartbreaker. You weren't a fan of this when they, they almost split up last time. You were like, fuck off, he's just at that, he's picking them apples, fuck him. I was a bit gutted and I, was, I cheered when he came back. I think it might get you this time. Yeah, I think it might do too. Fuck. It's going to be awkward when he's just living at the Scullies as well. Michelle's not there. I think he's going to leave the Scully house and go and live with at Toadie's house. Oh, that is a good shout. I'm guessing. I honestly can't remember any of this shit, so I'm, I'm just guessing here. I don't know. Fuck. Well, that's exciting. I'm even more excited about this storyline now. Maybe this is what we should do. Never watch it again. And we just, just come up with our own storylines. <laughs> to be fair, we do that a little bit anyway. Just, so, just fan new, new storyline then. Do you, want to, do you want to talk about what's happening at Toadie's house at the moment? Is anything happening there? Where are we going? Yeah, there? we'll go for that. We'll go for that. So, uh, so Toadie's using Dee's toothbrush. Right. Question for you. And and the young lady just off camera. What are your thoughts on this? Like, I feel like Tony is doing that purposely to wind Dee up. Do you think? Yeah, like he's doing it. He's like looking at dead. I go, yeah, I'm using your fucking toothbrush. Is he doing that motion with his hand as well <laughs> while he's doing it? Fucking... Um, I I don't I don't know about that, but I do. I am on Dee's side that it is a bit disgusting. Like, if it was, like, I'd, I don't think a situation ever occurred where I'd need to use someone else's toothbrush. But well, if you drop yours in the toilet by mistake. I'd just change the... Like, we've, we've all got electric ones, so, like, you can just change the head on it. You just give it a... You, you're, it's, you are funny. You're funny bunch at your house. <laughs> Fucking electric toothbrushes, kettles that boil themselves, chat box... You, sometimes you have to embrace technology. You can't it's just Apple the Pay. You've got it all. It's so strange. But then you do other weird stuff like burn your bills. It's <laughs> like this weird backwards but forwards. <laughs> for, what do you call it? Dystopian fucking future where you live. It's like if you give an Amishman an iPad and he really fucking likes it. 
<laughs> I imagine, I imagine that's what it's like. You use iPads as fucking coasters around your house because you've just got to embrace technology. No, some technology is good, Adam. I say you've got to embrace the future. Says the man who hosted a rewatch podcast about a TV show twenty years ago, and, and a man who's, who's kettle smashed because they got carried away with it in your house, and now you've got a regular kettle again. I've got a regular, but not a glass one, though. Well, no, because who has a glass kettle? Fucking no one. No one has a glass kettle. Because <laughs> they get smashed, that's why. Yeah. They might look, this is you again, style, no substance. He did have a nice blue light, light on it smashed. as well. He did have a nice blue light on that kettle. There you go, that's what you're going off. Fucking blue lights, fucking iRobot round your house. <laughs> well, I'll take you out, These this technology at some point. Um, you know, we that when you had no internet and everyone was fucking burning things and banging the reds on the wall in your house. What do we do now? Should we ask Marissa about what she thinks about uh, technology? Right, so Marissa Bot says, technology is revolutioning the way we live our lives. It made our lives more convenient, efficient, and comfortable. Smart homes in particular are excellent. Are an excellent example of technology that can make our lives better. It helps my my death-may-care attitude. I'm glad she's she's sticking with that. (laughs) It means, it means I can spend less time thinking about things. There you go. Thanks, Marissa Bott. Yeah. Thanks, Marissa Bott. <laughs> what's, Mar- what's Marissa's alter ego up to in the show Neighbours at the moment? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about any of the stuff, the Toadie stuff. But that's we talked about the toothbrush, nothing else is happening. No, she's going to get twatted in the face again. Yeah, but she doesn't. But she doesn't know Toadie stops because she's fuming about the toothbrush. She's like, oh, maybe I don't quite like Toadie. So he takes her to a fucking cricket pitch and says, should we sit down here and have a picnic? Why you'd have a picnic on a fucking cricket pitch, I don't know. Um, he catches the ball, saves her life. She's all up in his in his grill once he does. Happily ever after. Yeah, there we go. Covered. Thank you. Uh, no, we'll leave We'll leave somewhere for a little bit. Um, we'll talk about Stu and Flick. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, Tim. I mean, I did, I did a perfect little intro there for it, but yeah, let's let's, let's fucking leave it for now and talk about something else. <laughs> no, because I want to close the show out with that. Go on, then. Go on, then. Should we talk about Stu and Flick? You think, oh, new relationship. Winding me up a little bit. Yeah. You can do, but it is winding me up. Yeah. So you think, oh, a new relationship starting here, you know, just had a little kiss up in the back of the limousine. Absolutely not. No chance of it happening. No, she she pumps flick pumps the brakes on this straight away. Uh, I also like the rope that I put pumps the brakes and they're in a limo. Thought it was quite clever. It's not if you explain it though. <laughs> but she does want to help Stu with his idea of setting up his own limo business now because he likes the chauffeur life. I mean, he's done it one day. He's had a good ride, drive round, found some champagne in the back, and got it on with flick. It's a great fucking first day in the job, isn't it? That's it. This is what, this is, you know, imagine what happened with you. You had one nice day and then never left that job. <laughs> Just kept on going for it. <laughs> um, he's got the limo. I mean, he, he's got it for a month. He needs to make as much money as he can for Libby and Ben. He's fucked off the hospital job. He was never fucking there anyway, so why wouldn't he? He's doing the garage. He can have the limo on the side. You know, it makes sense. I I think it's a good idea. Um, apparently, the limo service that's currently in use at the hotel is shit. Um, so Flick does say, I'll speak to Chloe. We'll try and hook this shit up. She does. Chloe is having a bad day. We'll get to that, though. Um, and she says, nah, just because he's your mate and, you want, and you know, you're shagging him, he gets nothing from me. Um, so, yeah, not really happening. Um, until later... Chloe is having a slightly better day. We'll get to that as well. Uh, and then she says, oh, you know, are you shagging that guy? Tell him he can be the limo driver if he wants. Flick delivers this news to Stu. There's one. He's like, oh, great. That's thanks. Can we be together? She's like, nope, can't be together. She she almost tells Steph because he's like, well, you need to tell Steph about she it. Said, she says she's almost told him. We don't see it. I think she's full of shit. Yeah, I think this is what has put her off is the fact that she, Steph's going to kick him off about this. Well, yeah, it is. She doesn't want to go through all that again. She, she says she's only just got her sister back after the Mark debacle. Um, so she doesn't want to do it all again, which is fair enough. However, and I do think that is a fair enough reason. However, she has just been having a good old kiss, kiss up in the back of her limo. 
She's told him she loves him or likes him or whatever it may be. She's held his hand for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? I am annoyed with her behaviour yet again. Yeah. She's fucking teasing. I'm sick of it. (laughs) Her actions always speak louder than her words, don't they? Yes. Somebody else whose actions speak louder than words. Lou. Go on. Lou Carpenter. He's, He's had some bad words with Harold recently. Rightly so, though, I think. Right, yeah, rightly so. And he's still fuming at Harold as well. Harold's trying to make up, going, oh, come on, Lou. He's fucking moved out of the house. Yeah, he's moved out. And I was like, come on, don't, come on, we're mates. Come on, we always fall out about shit. Remember that time we fell out about the fence? And he's like, no, I'm fucking sick of you this time. You fucking righteous ways. Fucking do one. So this situation doesn't need anybody to stick their fucking nose in. It'd be a shame if there was a character on the show who just always had to stick their fucking nose in, wouldn't it? <laughs> but unfortunately, we do have a character that's nose in all the time. Uh, that could that of course being Rosie, and she tries to make things right. She tra- tells Harold that he needs to try and make things right, and that he's in the wrong. Uh, and she tells Lou as well at the same time. She's like, "Oh, I know you're keen about you know, me going going down to New South Wales, and you want to come with me, but." Maybe you shouldn't do that straight away. And Lou's like, what do you fucking mean? Like, he's all, I think you're you're rushing away from Harold. He's like, no, I want to come live with you, my girlfriend, who's being forced to move by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, My mate's got a pub down there. I'm I'm Lou. I run pubs. Lou's pub. If there was a Lou bot, it would say I run pubs, wouldn't it? (laughs) What else do you think Lou bot would say? It'd, it'd make reference to his daughter that he almost killed on numerous occasions who he never sees anymore. Um, <laughs> He's rightfully he, taken away from his care. Yeah, he'll talk about his friendship with Harold. I think he would mention that, so maybe that's a key thing. I think Lubot would still mention the friendship with Harold because I think it's an important thing. He has been friends with this guy since fucking school, I think. Like, you're looking yeah. at a... Oh, yeah, no, they, were, they were high school mates. Yeah, you're that. looking at a 40-year friendship here, I think. If no more. I mean, yeah, definitely more than 40 years because they're both clearly in the 60s. Well, yeah, but if they met in high school... Yeah, that'd be at least 50 then. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. So at least 40 years then, like I said. <laughs> but you could have said at least 50 years. No, because I wasn't. I don't know when they were friends. They might not have been friends in high school. We weren't, but fucking look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> Which one out of us is Lou and which one's Harold? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't either. It's, I don't. Uh, yeah. I'm probably more Rosie if I'm honest. <laughs> the annoying one that everyone wants to fuck off out of the show. <laughs> but, but, but that's not happening. No, the. I mean, the Rosie, not yourself. Yeah. No, I'm not leaving. I'm going fucking nowhere. Yeah, Rosie is not leaving. The the, the scheme by Loom. I know, it's fucking devastating to use, isn't it? Literally, I'm like, I reacted pretty badly when Drew died. This could have been up there when when Rosie's like, I'm fucking staying. Well, this is the thing. We're losing characters like Drew, who we fucking loved, and we're stuck with fucking Rosie. And she was getting, she was out the door. She was doing that thing, almost, where someone's leaving a party, and they're like, I'm going now. And everyone's like, yeah, all right, see ya. And they're like, I'm just going. I'm going now. And everyone's like, yeah, nice one, cheers. Thanks for coming and seeing a bit. And they're like, what? What's that? What? No, I'm just... No one gives a fuck, leave. <laughs> but no, she's not leaving. The Archbishop of Australia yeah. has decided... Yeah, Australia has decided that, no, obviously because all the citizens, because of Lou's little scheme, wanted to stay. She's still got work to do in Erinsborough. Maybe rebuilding that fucking church for a start. That she fucking burned down. That she fucking burned down, yeah. That would be a good fucking start. Maybe keeping her grandkids in school. When was the last time? Like, we know she's got a devil-may-care attitude and she's a proper schemer, but when the fuck was that little girl last in school now? Do you think she's I haven't seen her in a uniform for fucking weeks. Do you think she had a bit of a growth spurt? And then they went, well, you can't fit in your uniform anymore and we've got no fucking money in the budget for a new... New school so they've just gone, she can get about in a bandana every day and never go to fucking school. It's weird. If only we had someone to talk to about it. 
<laughs> uh, so Rose is staying and she's got to lose here again. So Lou goes round to Harold and he's, he's picking up some stuff that's in a box and he, and he kind of tries to make amends. He's like, let me help you with the box. And like Harold's like just fucking bumbling around being Harold. Going, no, get, get off the box. And it's the, the fucking to and fro in the fucking to me to you chuckle brothers in it. They knock over a picture of Madge and it smashes. Uh, and then Luke kind of realizes all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, yeah, Harold's gone through at the time. His wife died last year. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be as much of a knob to him. Yeah, doesn't help him to clear it up at all. No, he doesn't. But he's like, he, he kind of he's kind of there saying he says sorry about it, and Harold's like, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Fuck off. And then he picks up the broken frame and everything. Um, yeah, it's it's that in it. It's Harold's had a bit of a bad time. I think there was also a kind of a thought of. What would Madge say? Like, Madge would I'd bang the reds together, wouldn't she, and just say, stop being a couple of dicks, and it'd be fine again. That Which makes Madge such a great, nice character, and Rosie just an horrible... Oh, Madge would hate Rosie as well. She would she? hate her. She would hate... She'd be proper feuding with Rosie. This is the thing. Rosie's like an anti-Madge in a way. But I, I think they will be pals. I think... In the next lot of episodes we watch, I think she will... I think they'll be pals again. They've been so through much, at least 50 years of friendship there. You can't yeah. just throw that away all of a sudden. You can't. I mean, and in, in the next few episodes we watch, I mean, it's going to depend how many we watch. Um, but I think definitely less than 10 episodes, they will be, they will be pals again. <laughs> Should we say we'll watch at least five episodes? Go on then, yeah. <laughs> See what the secret of comedy is. Go on. If Marissa popped up now, that'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> if she popped up and said timing, that would be <laughs> even better. Uh, should we ask? Should we ask Marissa about what the secret of comedy is? <laughs> yeah, do ask her. It's complex and elusive but it can vary from person to person. All right, all right, fucking hell. Just give me a whole essay, yeah? Fucking hell, this isn't a course on comedy and jokes, is it? Because we all know how <laughs> well that goes. <laughs> In summary, timing, surprise, observation, and a devil-may-care attitude are essential elements of comedy. Done. <laughs> Thanks, Marissa Butt. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours, and you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast, Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. Should we hear some music? Oh. Of course, you all know what that means by now. It means we're about to talk about the ego. He was back in full force. He is, and I'm loving his work at the moment. He'd taken a little bit of a back step because, you know, all the Drew stuff and everything, sad times. No one gives a fuck about that anymore. So now it's like they've gone, right, push the ego to the forefront once again. And he's right there, large and in charge at the moment. He is absolutely loving He takes Chloe for a drink at the pub. And he's like, right, Chloe, need some suits. Can you hook me up? And she's like, absolutely hook you up i've got the finest tailors in the land well this is because he's been invited to the twilight dinner at cookies so <laughs> this is one of the storylines that i tim would hate it but i i love it when it's like they've created this character of cookie who is one of my favorite characters despite us never meeting him yeah he's a doctor he's a i think he's head of surgery or something he's head of surgery or a heart surgeon or something he's a pretty, pretty big deal in the doctor's circle um, which is a bit like the magician circle. Like, you're not, you, you get invited into it. You know, one asks about it. It's a bit like the stonemasons or whatever it is. What are they called in the in the Simpsons? The stonecutters. Stonecutters. That's yeah. why I imagine it to be like, and Cookie's the leader. Um, but <laughs> he's, he's personal friends with Chloe. So Chloe's like, yes, let's go to this Twilight dinner. I'll come with you, Ovs, um, just as friends. We're not shagging. Um, and it, she buys him some fucking mint suits from, like you say, the finest tailors in all the land. Um, and she drops him off around the surgery while he's working. Um, apparently, he doesn't have to have a chaperone anymore because when's the last time D was with him? Oh yeah, that's done with now. We've completely that's been that off. Um, <laughs> and 
he hasn't got any patience today either. So during the day today, he's just trying on suits in his office. <laughs> That's all he's doing. And Kyle comes in to give him some shit. And he's like, whoa, be careful because she's trying to shag you. And he's like, no, nah, we're just pals. Get out while I try on all these suits. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset we didn't get a trying on suit montage here. I really wanted to see one. One of those like really fun ones where he keeps coming out of the changing rooms like Pretty Woman. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, from the 80s, and he's coming out and Carl's like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, not so keen on that one. And one time he comes out and he's wearing a dress and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. yes. How did this happen? Definitely in a dress. And then at the end, he goes for one of the dumb and dumber ones, which is a really bright <laughs> colour, but he's got a top hat and cane. In fact, I think you wore the same thing for parents' <laughs> evening. <laughs> so yeah unfortunately we didn't get that uh we do just get carl winding him up about well, it chloe um, says one of you you could have one of these suits carl if you want and he says they're too fancy for me yeah he's just in you know he's just your local doctor isn't he he is however we do see him in a suit a little bit later we can get to that though we'll get to that indeed so darcy wants to pay for the suit he's like i'm paying for these suits of course I am, I'm Dr. Darcy, I'll pay for these. And Chloe's like, no, you're not, dickhead, it's on me. So Darcy's like, well, as a thank you, how about I take you out to dinner and then don't shag you afterwards? And Chloe's like, sounds fucking great. Let's go to a nice restaurant. Do you know any nice restaurants? And he's like, I fucking do, actually. So let's go there. And while they're at this restaurant, there's another couple there as well. On not a couple quite... Quite as yeah. Well, they are technically a couple. They're on a date. They're on a date is of course Carl and Susan. Uh, because they've been getting on like a fucking house on fire. They have. Not a church on fire, because that would be a problem. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it is a date because they have that thing where he's like, Do you want to go to dinner? And she's like, Well, is that a date though? And he says, Do you want it to be a date? And I think she, Susan is fucking brilliant here, how she acts this. And she's like, yeah, I do want it to be a date, actually. And they like each other. I think it's proper nice. Very heartwarming after the months and months of torment since she slipped on that milk. Yeah, it is nice because she's remembering more stuff now. Yeah. Because she's living with Libby, stuff just coming back to her. And she's mentioned that she's been going to that doctor as well to talk about her memory and stuff. And what? It's starting to come back. She did mention that in the scene. No, briefly. She's like, Yeah, I've been talking to a doctor. And he's no, a different one. A special, a special one. Not cookie either. A different one. But yeah, so she's starting to remember stuff and she's starting to remember that summer of infection for Carl. So they're out on a nice date as well. At the same time that Darcy and Chloe are out on a nice date. And Chloe is a thank you for Darcy for getting her the suits as a which was a thank you for Darcy going to the thing, which was a thank you for Chloe for saving, like, for saving her from that asthma attack. There's a lot of thank yous going on here. There's a lot of thank yous. Uh, she's bought him a very nice watch. It's fucking nice. It's it a, a nice big. Watch. It's one of those big silver ones. It looks very expensive. It does. Uh, I don't know what brand it is. They don't tell you that bit. They just goes say, with a suit. Yeah, they just say this is an expensive watch and it looks good with a suit. Um, so he's like, oh, I don't know if I can take this. He's like, listen, I bought it for yours, man, but he doesn't like it. So you're getting it. And he's like, oh, so I'm getting a cast off. And she's like, yeah, you are. And he's like, oh, I kind of like that, actually. It's a nice looking watch. I'll wear it around. So he decides to wear it the next morning when he goes for a run, because that's what you do with nice, expensive watches. This is the thing. It's not It's not a Fitbit or a sporty watch or anything. It's a <laughs> proper fucking heavy metal watch. And it's not one like that we'd have now, what we are on 2000, 2001, 2002, when these episodes are. They haven't got all like, it's not monitoring his heart rate, his BPM, anything. It's just a really nice, big, heavy, expensive silver watch. But he's wearing it on his morning jog. Yeah, and I like while he's doing his morning jog, he's not watching where he's going. He's just looking at the watch. He's looking at the watch, <laughs> and he even pace. does that at one point. He does the press the button like he's timed himself. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great time. Great time to run. So Lynn clocks and he went, oh, that's a nice fucking watch. And he's like, yeah, thank you, friend. Got it for me. And she's like, just want to fucking shag you. Pretty you much, yeah. Much like that. Because, you know, Lynn's like, oh, I'm just going to go... She's got it on the brain, hasn't she? Let's yeah, she's like, I'm just going to go shag Joe again. Or try to, at least, anyway. 
next, he shows up at the cafe to order a coffee after his nice run. And Summer's there, not at school. Not at school. She's not been to school in a long fucking time. It could be the weekend. I think it might be the weekend. I'm going to give a benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I don't think she knows what weekend She's are. fucking brilliant here, though. She is brilliant. Straight away, she's like, that's a fucking nice watch. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Did you steal it? You couldn't. She says that. Then she says, my favourite line of this week's five episodes. We only watched five. She says, I saw one like that at the Chinese market. <laughs> what does that mean? When was she at the Chinese market? What? What's that got to do with anything? That's what she does when she's not at school. She's at the fucking Chinese market. So odd, but <laughs> such a good line, I thought. Yeah, I think she said she saw uh, Death Nobby Burton. So <laughs> That's what it sounded like. That's not one of them. Like, she'd just thrown that in herself. Like, someone had gone... So, like, the, the director or whoever had said to her, just, like, say you've seen one before or something. And I bet you every time she changed it and that one, she <laughs> went, pretty sure I saw one at the Chinese market. <laughs> and he's running out. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, forget the coffee, fuck that. This little this little kid's giving me a lot of shit again. So he turns around, pegs it out, but she follows him going, that girl shagging you? She, she <laughs> get you that. She just carries it on and follows him out of the room. She literally chases him out. She just harasses the poor man out. Yeah, she wants to know every detail about this watch. <laughs> I think it's good, and I think it carries on a little bit from when she wanted him to take her to the ball. Like, she's yeah. still keeping an eye out here. She thinks someone's after her man. Yeah. Any sort, any Darcy and Summer uh, interaction is just gold at the moment. Uh, two actors at the top of the game. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he runs off to the pub to get away because he's like, ah, you can't get it here. You're not 18. Fuck yeah. Um, so Summer's dad there, Max. I don't know if we've talked about him much, this guy. Yeah. No, and he's like, oh, that's a nice watch. And Dash is like, for fuck, right, I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> yeah. Taking it off now. Uh, so he takes it off and he try- he gives it back to Claire. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to Lasters. I'm going to give it back to her. I say, I can't have it. Um, and he tells her that, but she breaks down in tears over it. And he's like, well, I'm really sorry, but just everyone's asking me and I don't think it's right about this watch. And she's like, no, it's not that, you dickhead. My husband wants to divorce me. She says it's like a, the perfect end to a shit day because um, her husband wants to divorce her, which I'm not surprised about. She's getting a, getting about with Dr. Darcy all the time. Yeah, it's a preemptive strike there from her husband, isn't it? Yeah. Like he's, yeah, you see what's going on there straight away. I think so. He's obviously, I reckon he'll be playing away himself as well. Um, they seem the type. Never met him, but he seems the type. Um, so she's gutted about this and she's especially good because they've got like a soiree plan that they were planning on hosting together at their gaff, her and John. Yeah, John. Um, and she's gutted because he's like, the he does most of the hosting and that and she's got to do it all herself now. Um, but Darcy says, as a friend, nothing more, nothing more. Um, he will come and accompany her and help her out with hosting duties at this party. I feel like this was asking for trouble. Yeah, definitely. I also like how you've described it as a gaff because it's exactly what I put down as well. Oh, really? Darcy <laughs> shows up next day at a posh gaff. <laughs> and it is. It's a, it's a super fancy place. It's got like balconies and big gardens and all shit going on. Um, he's having a nice time to begin with. He's knocking back the Prosecco or whatever the fuck it is. Um, he's enjoying that. All the um, middle-aged women are giving him the eye. Of course they are. He's the ego. Um, and then... And, but then, I, I, I'm wondering if you can explain the ending for me. Well, he's he seems a bit nervous at first, but then he just turns on the Darcy charm, doesn't he? And he starts yep. starts talking to her mates and just charms, charms all of them. They're like, oh, he's fucking brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. And he... And he's like, yeah, Chloe, they're all fucking great. They're brilliant. They love me. Job done. The day is saved. Uh, and he goes off to the balcony. I think he was, he's like, this is a fucking posh gaff, this. I'm just going to have a look at the balcony, see what I can see. Uh, and then he sees all Chloe's friends just having a bit of a giggle and kind of pointing at him a little bit. It's a bit high schoolish, if I'm honest. But then I didn't, but I thought that was the point. Like, 
Because he'd, he'd like seen them all and he was like, oh, yeah, they all fucking love me. They all, they all think I'm great. And then it looked like all the women were going, whoa, yeah, he's great. And then he just goes fucking mental at the end and flips out and storms off. And then he, he says to Chloe, like, oh, there you go. You just wanted me here as a, your toy boy. And that's literally the end of the episode. And I didn't understand what had happened. I thought I'd missed something or something had kicked off. I just don't think people like being laughed at. If but, I'm I didn't think they were. It didn't look like they were. It looked like they were going, whoa, yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Nah, I thought it was more like, oh, well, no wonder fucking Chloe's getting divorced then. If you know, Oh, okay, I maybe. That. Uh, yeah, but I just don't, yeah, mate, if someone points and laughs at you, you're not going to be happy about that, are you? Even if you are hosting a comedy podcast, you're still not going to be happy about it. <laughs> Just depends if they're laughing or not. <laughs> laughing with you, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, he, I think he he just takes in the situation. I think is like I, uh, I I like how he says toy boy as well because it feels wrong how he said that. Yeah, it, it did. feels like exactly how I would say it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it, yeah, there was something really weird and uncomfortable about how he said it, and it, yeah, it was very much like that. I think this, though, will get solved within the first five minutes of the next episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. He'll be fine about it again. He'll, he'll just be go, fine. Oh, She'll go, no, nah, it wasn't that. And he'll go, oh, all right. And he'll go, I'm not your boy toy. Oh. <laughs> he referenced that, I mean. In. He's just a sexy boy. Uh, with a devil may make hair attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they're going to end up shagging or what? Oh, Definitely. Here's the thing. Definitely. I am more interested in them two getting it on than Flick and Stu. <laughs> By a long shot. Yeah, anybody, if there's anybody I want to get shagged in this show at the moment, it's Chloe Lambert. That's all. <laughs> no, she's coming through a tough time. She is, but I, I think she'll be all right in the end. Do you think, oh... You don't think they're going to have a baby, do you? No, I don't think it'll go that far. <laughs> so there you go. I think that's everything covered, isn't it? I want to talk about Marissa. You want to talk about Marissa some more? Oh, yeah, of course, because when she's not winding up Darcy, uh, she's getting a little bit left out at home. I feel bad for her. That's the thing. I was loving her work in that coffee shop, but then I felt bad for her later on because Boyd's obviously play, playing cricket a little bit now. He's giving it a go just to appease his dad. His dad is possible. And I'm going to put this out there. Who's more annoying as a character? Rosie or Max? So, there's a reason I never fucking want to talk about him. And they are related. Have like have they unwittingly done this or done this on purpose? Because it's not the same kind of annoying, but I really can't stand either of them. Yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it, really? Uh, He's just, like, really unlikable. He keeps going on about cricket, which is fucking boring. He's He's obviously, like, he's pressuring his kid to do it, which means he's not, like, nice. He seems, I still think he's got a bit of a thing for D, which is off putting on the down low. Yeah. I just, I don't like him at all. Yeah, absolutely the same. There's just something really off about him. There's no connected. I'm not connected in any way. Even like a character that I don't like, like you, you hate him and you're like, oh, I hate that character. Oh, this guy, I've just got. Yeah, and then when you say as well, oh, he's got a dead wife, you go, yeah, it kind of figures. It just seems right when you say that all of a sudden. And we, we, I mean, we know his his story of how his wife died. But is that the real story here? Ah, okay. See what you're doing. I don't know. We were just taking his word for it. He's just like an, in my job as well, not this, in my actual job, I do meet... You don't get paid for this. Fucking hell. Imagine <laughs> if I did. Um, I really put the effort in. Um, you meet parents or you see parents who are like that a little bit, who aren't likeable, who are still trying to live their lives through their kids a little bit. And it ne- it's just one of those traits that just never sits well with me. And this is 
Maybe he's like this. This is the point, and he's playing it super. But I just don't like it. It's just oh, it makes me feel a bit off. So, yeah, because he's definitely trying to because he played cricket when he was younger, and he was like showing Boyd's mates, his cricket mates. Oh, yeah, this was me back in the day, and yeah. And then Boyd obviously likes skating, and that's why he's he's joined a little bit with Joe Scully on the skating. Um, Joe Scully is like playing perfect dad, isn't he really? Without even meaning to. Yeah. And then you've got this other guy who's really just missing the the point every single time, and it's very obvious. Like Boyd comes off the skateboard, pretends he's injured, he's clearly fine. And Summer's brilliant here again. I'm not just saying it because it's Marissa. She's like pretty sure he's faking it but um she kind of keeps it to herself and she even says like when i was doing my faking of all her fucking <laughs> faking that she was doing she was like you have to do this you have to do that she's like teaching him the ways of faking an injury um and then she gets like some chocolate what does she get out of it does she get chocolate or videos out of it or something something like that yeah she gets, she gets something out of it you've always got to be thinking like what's what's the end game what's she getting out of it um she stays loyal to Boyd as well. She's like, listen, me and you are in this together. We're brother and sister here. We've got to stick, we've got to stay, stick together on this no matter what. She does, but then she takes the piss out of him because of all the cricket, because now it means she she gets to dodge a piano lessons. Always <laughs> thinking. Always, Always thinking. thinking. Um, but then, like, because his dad's trying to be all, all up with him and his mates and the cricket and everything, they're watching some films and she gets left out. And she just cries. It's horrible, I think. The pro- like, a dad just goes, nah, fuck you, we're watching these films. She ain't got a mum. And Nans might be getting deported. And he's like, nah, me and me and Boyd are watching some cowboy film. Fuck you. Yeah, some violent, horrible cowboy film that you yeah. can't watch and fuck off to the other room. She has, no, she has to go to bed. She's like bedtime. She gets up in the middle of the night and she's like, oh, can I make some popcorn? I can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. Can I watch a bit of the film? No, fuck off. And she goes and cries. It's horrible. Yeah, he's he's not a very good dad, is he at all? He needs to it's, he needs to sort himself out pretty quick. It's amazing Summer's grown up as, as smart as she has, really. But then again, she's basically had to fend for herself. Living on the streets, devil may care. <laughs> OG. OG, indeed. Well, you know what? We'll see where she's at next week and we'll see. If if we can if we can maybe speak to the source next week. And if not, we'll get the other one. <laughs>